0: MyPatriotSupply.com. Here you go. Here
1: you go. Presser. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, December fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three. Thank God it's Friday. We had a big presser. Shohei Otani introduced to the Dodgers, introduced to the fans, hundreds of media members, three o'clock Pacific, making sure that it was convenient in Japan. As a matter of fact, let me just take a quick peek because I assume they planned properly. What time do we think it is in Tokyo right now? It's 10 o'clock a.m. p.m. So it's 10 p.m., so it's 14 hours ahead. So it's 17 hours ahead of California. So three plus three is 12, and then plus five is eight. So it was 8 a.m. in the morning in Japan when the press conference happened. Otani comes out, he's wearing a suit. Here comes Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball operations and he gives a talk about how great Shohei is. And I wanted to give you a few comments from that press conference that made me smile as an executive thinking back to all the press conferences that I was a part of and the planning that goes in. You have to have a press release ready with statements. You organize the questions you practice with the player and the uh, owner and the president and the GM questions. Who's gonna take what? Everything is completely timed. You work with your network because the biggest press conferences are going to be live. And everybody was curious to hear what Shohei was going to have to say. And he said a few things on the record and he doesn't talk to the media much. And it's not a language issue. He just doesn't like speaking to the media much. And he said a few things that were quite noteworthy and there's no way that I could let them pass. So let's start with my favorite and that, no, you know what? We're gonna go in opposite order of my favor because I'm gonna end with the whole opt out escape clause, which is just unbelievable. I've spoken to a bunch of baseball people in the last day or two once that came out and we're all just gobsmacked about that provision. But let's start with the injury. Do you remember when he hurt his elbow again and he had surgery and the agent wouldn't say what kind of surgery and I told you it was Tommy John? Well, one of the media members, once Shohei gave his initial comments, which were, I'm very happy to be in LA and I thank you so much to the angels and yada, yada, yada. All right, questions. Hey, did you have Tommy John? And this is the best the Dodgers and Shohei could come up with. I'm not obviously an expert in the medical field, but it was a procedure. I'm not sure what it's called. I know it was completely different from my first time. You could probably talk to my doctor about that. At the time of the announcement, he continued, we didn't know which way we were going to go. That's why I never said what type of procedure was going to be done. Boy, if that's not horse hockey, then I don't know what is. Shoei Otani is a smart man. When you have Athlete, there's something that they pay attention to. Their body. They know what goes into their body, even if it's drugs or alcohol or a ho ho. They know exactly what they're putting in their body, which is why I never liked it when players who got caught for steroids would say, "Oh, I had no idea that I was taking this supplement for diarrhea." Robinson Cano. And it turns out that it was a steroid. Give me a break. Players don't do anything, don't take anything without knowing. When a player has to have surgery, we have to go through an entire process. The agent's involved, the team doctor's involved, then a doctor the player wants to see is involved, there's consultation. They don't go, hey, count back from 100, 100, all right, let's talk about the procedure now. It's not how it works. You take MRIs, you have x-rays, you know exactly what's going on. There are some times when they go into a knee, they go into a shoulder and they say, hey, we think we're gonna see this and we're gonna do that. If by chance we see something else, then we are going to do that. Are we all in agreement? And before you count to 99, everyone's in agreement. In addition, you talk about what we are saying. What are we gonna publicly say? It's an oblique, it's a hamstring, grade three, four to six weeks, eight to 12 weeks, oblique, unknown amount of time. Shoulder surgery, out for the year, reevaluate in eight to 12 weeks. We've got them all in a book. We just pull out the book, all right, which injury? What do we wanna say? There's no way he doesn't know what procedure was done to his elbow. Of course not. The second thing that he said, which is absolutely untrue. I'm sorry, Shohei, but I have to say it. You told the entire world that you decided to be a Dodger on Friday night. It was announced by you Saturday. So just to be clear, last Friday with all the Toronto stuff going on, you looked around and said, oh, I think now I'll sign, I'm gonna be a Dodger. The agent had told the Dodgers what it was gonna take. The Dodgers have to respond to the agent with whether they're willing to do what the agent wants. Then they have to go through and get letter agreements, physicals. He announced it Saturday. Yesterday was Thursday. In between Saturday and Thursday, they could have gotten physicals. They could have finished the agreements. They could have finished the guaranteed language. So maybe the Dodgers had no idea. Maybe they found out on Instagram that he was gonna be a Dodger. Maybe Shohei was there Friday night saying, ooh, I could have been in Toronto. San Francisco gave me the same offer. I wonder who else would defer 68 million a year and have me only get paid 2 million, claiming that that's what he wanted. Except in the same press conference, he acknowledged that he did that deferral for the sole purpose of helping the Dodgers avoid the luxury tax hmm. if you've got a team with a payroll of 100 million dollars and you're getting paid 45 50 55 60 65 70 interesting they're not anywhere near the luxury tax so were you offering the same deferral to the marlins hey pay me two now and then 68 10 years from now the marlins don't have a luxury tax issue they're not close to the luxury tax nor are the diamondbacks So the Dodgers didn't think of deferral, even though they'd done it to Betts and to Freeman, you came up with the deferral. Is that even remotely in your head as a possibility? And then all of a sudden they trade and take on $30 million from Tampa? All I want is a little transparency. Friday night, give me a break. Then Stan Caston, the president of the Dodgers, who does not have Andrew Freeman reporting to him, I'd like to point out, says that Naz bolello who's the agent from CAA, the agent who did this mockery of a deal, he proposed the deferred money last Friday, the day of the false reports of the deal with Toronto. Does anyone think that that timeline makes sense? What were all the meetings before? And you think that Mark Walter and Guggenheim, they were able to, in five seconds, say, oh, 2 million now, $68 million 10 years from now. I, okay, fine, we're in. That is not how contracts work. That's not how the negotiations work. That's not how this worked. And then, my number one takeaway from the presser. It's what we had exactly predicted, but I didn't think he would say it. But he did when asked about the opt-out. Scott Boris's clients require opt-outs. They're just very plain and simple. After year one, after year four, after year two, player has the option to become a free agent. Or he can opt in to an obscene amount of money that he either deserves or doesn't deserve. I've told you about opt-outs. If the opt-out is for less money than the agent can get from another team, then you opt out. If the opt-out is for more money than he can get from another team, then you opt in. It's pretty easy. You don't need to be in Mensa. But yet, what was said about this opt-out and the reason why he wanted to tie it to Andrew Friedman and Mark Walter, Mark Walter, the chairman of Guggenheim, the control person of the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball operations who came from Tampa, the first $10 million man. Love you, Andrew, but really? The deferral was offered Friday and all of a sudden there was a clause about you and Mark? And then the best messaging you could come up with was, everybody has to be on the same page in order to have a winning organization? I feel like those two are the top of it and they're in control of everything. And I feel, by the way, Stan's not so happy. And I feel almost like I'm having a contract with those two guys. Well, you don't want Mark or Andrew to be your creditors. Guggenheim's probably better. I feel like one of them are gone. Things might get a little out of control. So I just wanted a safety net. What's out of control? Like a payroll of 400? Or is out of control the payroll like 100? Tyne yourself and an opt-out clause and the dodgers agreeing to it and baseball agreeing to it and the union agreeing to it here's what i'm doing if i'm andrew Freeman's friend no well, i'm an acquaintance but friend best friend best friend hardly even know you andrew go up to stan right now and say hey stan i don't report to you i'm not going to talk to you ever again hey mark you know what i sort of need a new car and a house And I really want to join a country club. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like a five-year extension right now at $15 million a year. Oh, you don't want to do it? No problem. I'm happy to leave. I'll resign. I will give up the rest of my contract. Well, we can't have that because then Shohei can be a free agent. Andrew said he was honored, taken a little aback, but that he doesn't see it as a big deal. This is a major deal. The leverage that he has as an employee right now, the power that he has over who the control person is and who the GM is, it's absolutely absurd. And this is not a labor issue for me. This is a common sense issue for me. Keyman insurance is when there's somebody who knows the formula for new Coke and they work at Coke and you take out man insurance because he's the only one who can do it or the head of a company who has a skill set that cannot be replaced. You take out key man insurance because if that person gets hit by a bus or God forbid something happens or God forbid they leave, the value of your company decreases. I've got a news flash for everyone on a Friday morning. Mark Walter can disappear tomorrow and so can Andrew Freeman and the Dodgers asset valuation will not go down by a dollar, nor will the payroll. Andrew said, it's flattering, but a non-factor. Okay, the last thing that came out, not from the presser, but after, when the Angels had to talk, because you knew that was gonna happen. So they had to get word out there because it's pretty embarrassing watching him. I can only imagine what Artie Moreno was thinking as he steps up Shohei with his Dodger cap. And by the way, Andrew Freeman said, we wanna welcome Shohei to the market. Hey, he's been in the market. I guess there's a different market. It's like Mets and Yankees. Although if someone goes from the Mets to the Yankees, do you think when Severino was introduced by the Mets, hey, welcome to New York. Maybe it's welcome to Queens. Maybe it's welcome to Chavez Ravine, but welcome to the market. No, I don't think so. I wonder whether he's moving. Bet you a dollar he's not. So it turns out that the Angels had an opportunity to match. Remember when I told you that when the Angels signed him, We were all told that we couldn't do anything for a free agent deal with Shohei. We only had to offer him his initial deal and that little international signing bonus that we could give him. And that if anyone was doing anything nefarious, they were gonna get in trouble. And the reason I thought he'd stay with the Angels, and I was damn close, same city, wrong team, was that I thought the Angels would have the ability to match and that Artie Moreno would match. What I didn't figure is that by doing 2 million now and $68 million later, Artie Moreno would not want to match that. It's not a luxury tax issue. Artie Moreno is trying to sell the team. And when you have a player signed to that sort of deferral, that money's gonna get taken off the top of the sales price because no one's gonna wanna buy the team and then pay Shohei not to play. So I wondered, if he had just signed a regular $50 million a year for 10 years payable now, would that have a negative impact on the sales price? And the only thing I could look back on was Giancarlo Stanton who was signed to a huge deal when the Marlins were sold and the impact that had on the sales price was zero. If there were a ton of money owed to Stanton later on, then my guess is there would have been a purchase price adjustment, which our owner probably would not have liked. Artie Moreno doesn't want a purchase price adjustment for Otani. But do you think that if the Angels offered Otani 46 million dollars a year is that the match? We'll give you 46 million dollars a year for 10 years. That's the present value, that's the luxury tax number, 43, 46, whatever number you're reading. Is that the match? Or is it the 700? Was his agent so excited to say it's a $700 million deal thinking that we wouldn't get wind of the deferral and it wouldn't be the biggest story there is. And once the deferral's announced, it's not a $700 million deal. And I refuse to refer to it as a $700 million deal unless you're willing to say you got a 20 year contract. And why couldn't the Dodgers wait even a day to show that my theory of their financial bullying is not a theory, but is a factual statement. The same day they sign or announce Shohei Otani, they announce a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays where they acquire Tyler Glasgow and Manuel Margot. I thought it was Tyler Glass now. did I do a typo there? I'm, have I been out of the game that long that I'm mispronouncing his name, Coca, Is that even possible? Yes, what? I can't hear you. I am pronouncing, I am wrong. So it's Glasgow or Glasnow? I can't be wrong with both. It's Glasnow, that's what I thought. I did a typo. Sorry, I had this rundown where I put little notes. Anyway, remember Tyler Glasnow? We did an entire segment about him when he got hurt and Tampa did that deal. And it was a two-year deal while he was on Tommy John. And it was a reasonable amount, a couple million dollars in the first year after Tommy John and then 25 million in what would have been his free agent year. So Glasnow gave up a year of free agency for $25 million without any thought that he would come back or what it would be like when he came back. Well, he did come back, he performed, and now he's due to make $25 million, except the Rays were not gonna pay him $25 million. Way too big a percentage of their payroll and way too risky given the injury history. So what do you do when you've got a player who's paid too much? You call the Dodgers. The Dodgers are willing to take not only the 25 million for Glasnow, they're willing to take the 10 million for Manuel Margot, an outfielder. So they're taking on 30 or $35 million of payroll. They're giving the Rays relief. They gave the Rays a serviceable starting pitcher, decent actually, a good outfielder, all with tons of control, I think the starting pitcher has five years of control left, and Tampa's being Tampa, making brilliant moves and getting Los Angeles as the team that is the sucker team taking on all of these players. And then it was announced yesterday as one little FU. We're not gonna do this deal unless we sign Tyler to an extension, because we don't wanna give up are two young players unless we've got Tyler Glasnow into free agency. The reason why you announce a trade like that is that you have the extension done. There is a window officially that opens up when you trade for a player who can be a free agent. You officially ask for permission to speak to the player. You get a period of 48 hours to speak to the player and get a deal done. There is no deal that gets done in 48 hours. There are conversations that take place between the acquiring team and the player you're trying to acquire. That is called tampering, but those conversations take place before you sign a LOA, LOA which is a letter agreement, with the team about the trade, which gives you the open window. Can you imagine if you had 48 hours and the window opens? Hey, Tyler, it's Andrew. I'm a key man here. And you know me from tampa but i just want to say hey uh we'd like to sign you do you want to have a meeting all right we can do it by zoom over the phone i could call you but i got a press conference of course there's going to be an announcement today that tyler has an extension because the way that happens when you get the open window is the team that requests the window has a right to decline the trade if they don't get a successful extension that can be a provision in the letter agreement. And the Dodgers clearly wanted to do that, and they would only do that if the extension was already done. When you make an announcement of a trade, everybody is all lathered up. It is very hard to unwind a done trade. I've done it, the one with the Padres and that hurt pitcher Colin Ray. It is very hard to unwind a trade, it's embarrassing. We have taken players who were hurt rather than unwind to trade. And for all of the people out there saying that the Dodgers are playing by the rules, you're right. For all the people who are saying that the Dodgers are not using their largesse and their finances to gain an unfair advantage, that's where you're wrong. When you are the team who is out there taking players and then taking more players and signing them to contracts that are not easily matched and putting them all together, you are creating a huge gulf between the haves and the have nots. I'm not even gonna give you a wait to see that Tyler Glasnow is going to sign the extension because it's likely already done and I don't like making wait to see's that obvious because then it loses credibility. As a matter of fact, by the time you listen to this, if you're not watching this live, It may have already been announced. So the Tampa Bay Rays are looking at their team. They're looking at their payroll. They announced their new stadium. Remember that big announcement with Stuart Sternberg, where he said with St. Petersburg, we're doing that whole big redevelopment. And it was such a big deal because Tampa was gonna have their stadium situation taken care of. Oakland was gonna have its stadium situation taken care of. I haven't even spoken about the A's in so long. How are they doing with their deadlines? Have we seen anything from them? Any sort of renderings? Any sort of update on documents? Anything? How about the Royals? Have we seen anything from them? They were supposed to choose a county. Haven't quite done that. Stop announcing dates and deadlines because you just end up embarrassing yourself by missing them all the time, unless you're doing it purposefully, which I liked doing. Hey, if we don't have a deal done by blank, we're not gonna do a deal. Sort of wink, wink, because you know that's not true you know what the real real deadline is word came out yesterday that someone there's a rogue council member in st petersburg florida and the rogue council member wants to have the team renamed the st petersburg rays saying if we're going to give all this public money to a new stadium in st petersburg why can't we call it the st petersburg rays Sort of like when the city of Miami and the county of Miami-Dade put money into Marlins Park, they said, Hey, why can't we call it the Miami Marlins? We don't want it to be the Florida Marlins. I totally understand why cities want to do that. It makes sense. So it was brought up in a council meeting and the president of the Rays, a guy named Brian Ald, he told the council very simply that if you ask us to do that, there's no deal. He's drawing a line in the sand. We are the Tampa Bay Rays, he said. Our name is deliberately inclusive. Love it. Let's throw out diversity, inclusion, and let's say that that's what team names are about now. Inclusive of what? Oh, I totally understand. If you're not exactly from Baltimore, you don't go to Orioles games. And true, why would you ever travel If you live outside of St. Louis to see the Cardinals, for sure, you're not gonna go to Reds games if you don't live in Cincinnati. We are the Tampa Bay Rays and our name is deliberately inclusive. Our fans live throughout Tampa Bay and Central Florida, despite all evidence to the contrary. He didn't say that last part. Hey, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then he dropped the gauntlet, Brian did. There will not be a new ballpark nor development project if there's a requirement to change our franchise's name. Stuart Sternberg looked at him and said, what? Why would you say that? We get to develop this whole area. We're gonna make a fortune. Everybody's doing this. This is our moment. St. Petersburg, you heard the commissioner. Saint Peter- St. Petersburg, four, eight, six, Friday, nine. St. Petersburg has totally changed. It's ready now for this great development. We've gotten rid of the lower class and we're going to bring in the middle and the upper class and they're going to spend money. It's going to be this most amazing place. We're going to give up all that profit, all that money outside of revenue sharing because they want us to change our name. (laughs) Here's what you do if you don't want to change your name. You go to the politicians in Pinellas County, you go to the mayor of St. Petersburg, you go to anyone other than the politicians on the St. Petersburg City Council who are trying to make a name for themselves by making announcements and declarations of things they want in the deal. This is what I did. I would sit through commission meetings and there'd be rogue commissioners. I want this, I want that. And I would sit there and say, okay, great. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. We will take that under consideration. Then you go back to the negotiating table with the people you're negotiating with and you say, hey, we're not doing that, 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 or that. Go deal with your council member. There's no reason for you to be the face of that when you can get it quashed another way. So the mayor of St. Petersburg and the people in Pinellas County came out and said, hey, we're not gonna participate in this deal if you change your name to St. Pete. And the mayor of St. Pete said, "Yeah, there's no, we don't need that. We'll find another way to honor it. There's always a way around in a negotiation, always. You know that council people are trying to get a little PR. So the best thing you can do is just stay quiet. And so yesterday, Pinellas County and the mayor of St. Pete came out and said, we're not actually going to require this. So that meaningless council member, it's nothing. Irrelevant. I guess I'm going to make this a way to see because people are all up in arms here. Although I don't know if people are actually up in arms. It's so important to get this deal done in St. Petersburg because they have no deal in Tampa. If I were the president of the Rays, I would change my name to St. Petersburg because it's not making a difference with attendance. We've been the Tampa Bay Rays since we started and no one's coming from Tampa. If we change our name to St. Pete, are the Tampa people gonna say, now I'm really not going. The whole point of the new stadium, the development is to get people from everywhere and they don't really care what the name of the team is. Ah, you gotta keep the name of the Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Braves, you can't name them anything else because otherwise they wouldn't take advantage of that amazing development there. I'm gonna give you an official wait to see. The Rays will not change their name, wait to see. All right, we come back, we're gonna review an Albert Brooks movie, then I'm gonna talk about Ted Leonsis and the announcement that he made a couple days ago, and I've not been able to get to it, but I wanna get to it right now Uh, to talk about the Washington Wizards and Jordan Poole are moving to Virginia? Are they going to change their name? The Virginia Wizards. We'll be right back Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Remember when I reviewed, thank you for a great week. Uh, I just found out that we had our second highest week, I believe, and we got a printout of merch on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Do you know I have it written down here, Coca? And I didn't even tell you this pre-show and I apologize for that. I wanted to get to you right now. This is live. I'm doing this live because why can't I? I'm gonna find the email. Do you know what the best selling item is on David Sampson podcast? What would you guess? Ready? The horse hockey short sleeve t-shirt. To all the people wearing horse hockey short sleeve t-shirts and then the nothing personal men's classic t-shirts and then the diamond logo classic t-shirts and then the horse hockey stickers and then the nothing person with David Sampson mugs and then the horse hockey hoodie. Thank you all, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Get your holiday discount. It's not too late for Christmas, but it's getting close. We are 10 days away from sleigh bells slaying, sleigh bells ringing, and Hanukkah ready ended. So if you missed Hanukkah, you can get an early Hanukkah present for next year. My mother used to do that, used to uh, collect Hanukkah presents, and it would be when they would go out to dinner or go out to a game or whatever they would do. I would search the house. Does anyone else go through their parents' stuff? And I would search closets and look for the presents where they could be and then act surprised when I would get presents. I used to do that, it's not very nice of me. And then when I had kids, well, that's the wrong tense, with my kids also would get present throughout the year And then the worst part is you don't remember where you put the presents that are in your inventory to give as presents until I got smart and created one area in a closet to keep all inventory. And that worked until the kids found it. And you can always tell when the kids know when they open the Hanukkah present and they have this look where they're trying to pretend Not winning any Oscars. Oh, what a surprise. Meanwhile, they had seen it eight months, seven months, six months, and five months earlier. So we watched a uh, movie, a documentary about Albert Brooks called Defending My Life. Not the movie Defending Your Life. This was the Rob Reiner and Albert Brooks. And I told you Albert Brooks, one of the most talented people of my lifetime. And I told you I was gonna go back and watch Albert Brooks movies. I know 90, what's the most recent? um one second i'm gonna get this uh it turns out that 79 percent of you were not born in 1981. i appreciate that but if you're willing to go back and watch a movie from 1981 it's called modern romance i went back and watched it again recently it stars albert brooks he wrote it he directed it and he plays this very anxious writer and he's in a relationship and the relationship ends, and he's trying to figure out why, what he did, and he's a nervous chlieri, and it is so brilliant, and it tracks to today. If you are in a relationship, or if you've ever had a relationship that's ended, or you're in a relationship where it may end, you may want it to end, or someone else may want to end it for you, go watch Modern Romance, because while you think that, 42 years ago, that can't be modern. As a matter of fact, it's totally modern. Modern romance, Albert Brooks, please broaden your cinematic horizons and watch Albert Brooks movies. So we've spent a lot of time talking about what teams do to make money. It's a really important thing for any business to figure out your path. If you are behind your industry, you spend money to try to catch up. If you are ahead of your industry, you spend money to try to maintain your lead. In order to grow, you have to invest. In order to grow, you have to be willing to change. It doesn't mean becoming all analytics based or doing the shift every at bat. I'm talking about from a business standpoint, how you are making money, how you are delivering your product to your customers. You may call them fans, I call them customers. Over in Europe, they may call them supporters, I call them customers. One of the things that you are doing, whether you're an IRS attorney trying to find loopholes, whether you are always trying to find any advantage you can find, is when there is revenue sharing, which means whatever revenue you make that's baseball related, you have to share. Whatever revenue you make that's basketball related, you share, that becomes part of the salary cap. There are calculations. Then there are fights that teams have with leagues. That's not baseball related income. The fact that people are playing laser tag right next to our ballpark, the hour before a game, and when I look at the numbers, they're not playing laser tag when we don't have a game, It's still not baseball related income. Yes, it is. They're only there because there's a baseball game. Oh, don't quibble. It's not baseball related, it's laser tag. Teams are trying to create development around their ballparks. They say, oh, we're just trying to get people, give them something to do before games and after games. Not true. We're trying to get people there 365 days a year. In Miami, it's been an abject failure. There are certain places where it's taken decades to work. Teams who have gotten it right, Like the Braves, it is now the formula. It's like when Moneyball started, and in theory it was only the A's doing analytics. Development around a ballpark, ballpark villages. It used to be one off, one team, two teams. Now, if you don't have a ballpark village, you're so far behind that you can't even dream of competing. Even in a salary cap league, you cannot dream of competing. The Washington Wizards, their owner, a guy named Ted Leonsis, we've talked about him on the show. He's the guy who has Monumental, and remember what they did? They own the WNBA's Mystics. They own the Capitals. They own the Wizards. Remember, they're the ones who took the money from the Sovereign Fund. Remember that whole story that opened the floodgates to Sovereign Fund money coming into sports? Well, now we're finding out what the investments are It turns out in a huge press conference with the governor of Virginia that the Wizards and Capitals are moving to Northern Virginia. They did a press conference announcing a $2 billion redevelopment plan, $2 billion. Renderings, excitement, Uh uh-oh, it still needs the state to approve it. Hmm. I wonder what kind of leverage the state has right now in negotiations as an announcement's already been made about the excitement with Ted Leonis grinning from ear to ear to move his team out of Washington into Northern Virginia, only four miles away, that immediately caused a reaction from the city of Washington saying, oh, we better step up and do something to keep the Wizards and Capitals here. So the redevelopment plan that was announced is by no means firm. It's about as firm as the bears moving to Arlington. Remember that whole announcement, we bought the land, we're moving it. It's going to be a huge destination village. Everybody's either announcing it, building it, doing it. What does it all actually mean? It means that teams and owners are finding new ways to gain, gather and get leverage. There's nothing better than a press conference. I did a press conference in Montreal once to announce a new stadium in Montreal. We had renderings and it was all very exciting. I think the first clue that I had that I had a problem is we couldn't get either the limited partners who were the big time Canadians to even attend. We couldn't get any of the politicians to be a part of it. So we held our own little private party saying this is the stadium. We knew we didn't have a deal or financing, but we thought, hey, maybe people will see Labatt Park. Labatt Park? Labatt? 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 Labatt. It's the beer I don't drink, I don't drink any beer. Contrary to what you may see in my ever expanding abdomen, that's just age. How does Mark Wahlberg have a 12 pack? Come on. So what's gonna happen? Do you think the wizards and capitals are gonna move? I think it's a big deal moving to Northern Virginia from Washington. What does it say about the city? One of the things that's interesting about the city of Washington DC is there's a flight to suburbia The city has completely changed. And it's something that leaders have to pay attention to. And it's something that owners have to pay attention to. Is your city changing? Buster Posey said the quiet part out loud this week when he said, we're having a hard time getting players to sign in San Francisco because their wives don't feel safe. The city of San Francisco has changed so much. And then they announced the signing of the Korean player for $113 million after they had gotten Conforto the year before. So I guess even bad neighborhoods and homeless people, all you have to do is overpay and you're gonna be fine. But it is interesting that Buster Posey, who is associated with ownership, who was at the meeting when they were recruiting Shohei Otani, is going out and saying, hey, we're at a disadvantage because of our city. There's nothing the Giants can do. They're in that ballpark. It used to be a new ballpark. Now it's sort of a young middle-aged ballpark. They're not going anywhere. So I would prefer him not to have said that his location stinks. It's like buying a big box retail or owning commercial real estate and you're in a pretty good part of town and then all of a sudden town moves and you're not in such a good part of town and the value of your real estate plummets. Or when you bought a house and then all of a sudden a bar opens across the street and you're like, wow, people are pissing in my lawn. This is not good for the valuation of my team. You just don't say it. You figure out how to change it or you cut your losses and move on if you can. Fascinated to follow what's gonna happen in Washington, but I guess I would tell you that it is by no means a done deal. What is a done deal is that Coca and his way to see which he wouldn't let me publicize when he said that there's gonna be four coaches who were absolutely fired in the NFL. One of them, he said, was gonna be the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley. We had the Raiders over the Chargers. Nothing personal pick of the day. Hey, DraftKings, we have a segment called Nothing Personal Pick of the Day. I think it would be perfect. We are 190 and 180. That's 370 picks this year alone. Do you know that I still didn't count it as a win when it was 42 nothing at the half, the Raiders were winning. And everyone on Twitter was saying, hey, I wonder whether they'll fire their coach at halftime. Speaking of someone who's fired a manager in the middle of a game or been told to fire a manager in the middle of the game, I wouldn't suggest it. Do I think that Brandon Staley has any chance of staying as coach of the Chargers? Well, when your coach gives you the following quote, you know you may have a problem. I know what I've done here for three years, and I know what I've put into this, and I know where we're capable of going. I know the type of coach I am. I believe in myself. I believe I can fly. Just don't jump off a building and try to prove yourself correct. Staley's getting fired. Chargers stink. But we were on the right side of that. All right, do you remember what my pick of the day is for Friday tonight? Friday, December 15th, 2023. I told you it would be Wednesday. And when I tell you something, I'm gonna follow through on it. Pistons plus 16 versus the Sixers. They're gonna have to win a game. They've lost 69 in a row. Eventually they're gonna win. Eventually they're gonna cover. I think tonight they're gonna come out blazing. Pistons plus 16. It's that time of year. Do you ever think about when it's Saturday NFL time? And you know that that means it's late in the season you know that means it's december you know that means you're in the middle of dark dreary soaked winter the good news is we have a triple header on saturday i'm focused on the steelers because big ben was focused on the steelers that's how uh, people talk now through their podcasts. guilty i do the same thing big ben on his podcast said you know the steelers i'm not sure they've got their mojo their tradition really was Talking about the coach, talking about the team. So disconsolate over their loss last week. Remember, they've lost two games in a row at home to two crappy teams. Now they're getting one and a half points against the Colts. And guess what? We're taking the Steelers. Because I think Tomlin's going to walk in that locker room and say, gentlemen, let's get it. For Big Ben, let's show them who we are and be proud of ourselves. Steelers plus one and a half versus the Colts. Sunday. Who's the most famous quarterback right now? Can you name him? It's definitely Tommy DeVito. The Giants are plus six versus the Saints. The DeVito magic is going to continue. So our picks are Friday, Pistons plus 16. Saturday, Steelers plus one and a half. Sunday, Giants plus six. I end today with a little bit of love toward Miami. You know I love Miami, I don't live there anymore. I really had a great run there with the Marlins and I've never, I miss it. I don't miss the politics in Miami. And the other thing I don't miss is the Miami New Times. Boy, did they have it out for me. Although I do, one of the writers there is really, really good. Miami New Times, has come out and said that the Miami-Dade County Commission, which is the county commission that I negotiated with, and I spoke in front of dozens of times, they are urging state lawmakers to approve $5 million of taxpayer funding for a project to clean up a bunch of arsenic soil and improve drainage where the Inter-Miami Stadium with Lionel Messi is supposed to go. Do you remember the whole stadium that was gonna be built in time for Messi to play there? And they did the whole announcement. We are rolling. We've got this ballpark ready to go. And do you remember that Inter-Miami was supposed to pay for the environmental cleanup? And I said, I don't think that's gonna happen. The public should be paying for that cleanup. Oh, I'm not asking the public for anything. It's 100% privately funded. That's what Inter-Miami said. It's 100% privately funded. And I said, horse hockey. I end the show today reminding you that when people stand up and say, we're doing this all privately, they're lying to you. They are going for public money because the economics don't make sense to build a stadium privately, whether it's called infrastructure or payments in lieu of taxes, whatever you need to do, you are getting money from the public into Miami. Is now being public about the fact that the stadium will not be privately funded. Why? Because it's public that they're asking the state for money for the cleanup. Is it not true that when you say something's 100% privately funded by club ownership, that that would mean it's fully privately funded? Not if you're a fan of nothing personal. And if you are Jorge Mas, the owner of Inter Miami. And you've got Lionel Messi and his $7.8 million worth of jerseys. Someone bought those at Sotheby's, by the way, including the buyer's premium. They thought it would get $10 million. Boy, we got to do a. You know, we're going to do a mailbag segment. Um, give me your mailbag questions. We're going to record some mailbags for the week of Christmas when Coca asked for a vacation, and I did too. So we're going to take a few days off once we get permission from Levitard and Stu to take any time off. Get me questions. You can go on Twitter at David P. Sampson, go on Instagram. You can go on davidsampsonpodcast.com and contact me. Questions for a mailbag. One of the things we'll talk about is the whole memorabilia business and the fact that Messi's stuff went for all those millions of dollars. What is that like for a clubby? Hey, Messi, wanna give me a shirt just for fun? Privately funded my keister. That's okay though, it's just business. Let's be safe out there this weekend, and guess where we'll be Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern, live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Thank you for being a part of our week. This is Nothing Personal.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.